This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze, Conversations with Eric Teplitz. And Eric, you know, we've been doing this a little over a year now. And um, I had somebody who said to me, um, you know, doesn't Eric have his own podcast? I know he does. I know I've listened to it. So what are the two of you doing together? And I said, well, let me tell you. Uh, I said, I told them that from the first day that I interviewed you uh, and had you on Avoid the Maze, I realized that you had a sense of knowledge that I, I didn't feel intimidated by, where there are some people, you know, they're knowledgeable and they throw out this author, that author, text upon text. I'm not like that. You know, I pick up information. And if you ask me where I heard it, uh, sometimes I have to go scrolling through my computer to find the notes where I heard it. I just don't rem memorize those things. But you and I have, at least I think, a very similar uh, belief system across the board. Um, and yet we talk about it differently. And that's why I thought today it would be interesting to talk about belief systems because some of us don't realize how limited our beliefs are. Um, and then we get out in public and I know it was easier for me maybe 30 years ago in public to have a conversation and not be afraid of using the wrong word or um, my tone was incorrect. So I'll give you an example. My older son came in for Mother's Day weekend and we were sitting and I don't even know exactly what the conversation was. Um, oh, I know what it was. He, We were talking about how entertainment today is more insulting than it's ever been before. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, when somebody decides to play a transsexual, but they're really a very straight person, he said, that's not fair to that community. And I said, but it's acting. Hmm. It's all it is, it's acting. He goes, but not to that community. He's making fun. So I brought up, well, what about Al Jolson? He wanted to perform and sing music of the South. He tried it just as himself and it didn't work. So what did he do? He performed in blackface. It was acceptable by back then, but today it wouldn't be. And so all of our little niches, our communities, you know, sort of create these rules that we live by. But are we sure those rules are right? So here I am asking you as a coach, as a person who I think is really mindful of life, how do we get our belief systems to be accepted? We may not like them, but be accepted by other people so that we don't get hurt saying the wrong thing. 
Well, there's Big a one. very there's a very simple <laughs> very <laughs> simple question. It's very simple. Um, wow, there's a lot of layers to to what you shared, and I thought I thought for a moment we were going in one direction about how uh, we were unable to recognize the limitations of our own beliefs, and you know, uh, which is I think a universal experience. Right. We can't see out of our own worldviews. Our worldviews can evolve and change. And our beliefs can also change, but it's almost impossible to see outside of the container that is our lens of of the world. And I, I just had an experience of this recently, and and it's it never ceases to amaze me. It was a very simple and mundane example. I was trying to saw. I actually visited my mom for Mother's Day. Oh, nice. And uh, and uh, actually, it was really for her birthday, which is. Uh, uh, just a few days. It was just a few days. This year it was just a few days before, but, um, and there was an issue with, uh, with her and my dad's TV and I was trying to help them out with it. I'm not a technical wizard, but it's all relative. I thought maybe I could help, <laughs> I help them. And I was fixed in my own circular ideas about how to solve this problem. And I just kept, you know, I'm sure you've had the experience where you keep trying the same thing over and over again. And for some reason you think if you It'll work. It hasn't worked. And yet you keep doing it and you think that somehow maybe it'll work. This right. Time, you know? And I just couldn't see out of this, this idea that I had about how to solve the problem. I couldn't eat, step out of it. And my mom came in and figured it out like in no time, um, <laughs> just maybe stumbled upon it, maybe because she wasn't as fixated on this way of how it was supposed to be. I, I don't know. But however she did, she solved it. I was relieved because- TV is very important to them and I might have screwed it up for them. But um, but it was just another example of how we can't see out of our own ideas. Now, you could call it a belief. Yeah, I mean, it was a belief about how to solve a problem or how not to solve a problem. Right. And um, and we literally sometimes can't even we're so stuck in that idea that we literally can't even see that we're stuck in that idea. And there, because the first step really is that awareness. Awareness is, I think it's not the answer to everything, but it's the necessary first step. We have to be able to step to the side, to look from another vantage point, to observe ourselves, to see our pattern. It's it's very difficult to do. It's a lifetime practice. You use the word mindful. You said I was mindful about life. I certainly try. I do my best in that. Um, in that uh, sense, but it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm a work in progress and it's a lifetimes, um, you know, project, I would say uh, to increase mindfulness. But uh, another example, I will get back to your question. Oh, no, I, that's I, fine. You're but another example. Yeah. Okay. Another example of this that I, I'm always, um, you know, intrigued by is this idea of judgment. And this is connected to what you were saying, right? Because uh, as human beings, we all judge. That's it's what it's just what we do to expect to expect ourselves to not be judgmental or to not judge other people is an insane expectation. It's simply part of the mechanism that is our evolved brain and mind. It's one of the things that we do. We judge and it serves a purpose. I mean, there's a certain amount of, you know, you can make a distinction between a between judgment and discernment. We say someone has good judgment. Really, what we mean is that they're able to discern you know, uh, in a in a useful and and helpful way, but judging implies you know uh, condemnation, right? 
Right. We judge ourselves. We judge other people. We do this constantly. And I don't think it's a realistic expectation that we should just stop judging. We can't. I don't I don't believe we can. So right. And then that's a belief. And maybe I'm wrong. I will. I, you know. But my point is that what we can what we can do and what I really am a strong believer in is we can become aware of when we're doing it because it's often so unconscious. We don't even realize it. It's just reaction, reactivity, or judge a judgment we make, a condemnation about another person because we don't like the way they behave or speak or something that we observe about them. And uh, the first step is to simply be aware and you know what, and just realize, oh, I'm I'm judging that person, or even I'm judging myself. And it's the well, it it creates a little bit of space to allow for a different response. It's not like you're gonna. It's not like you're going to um, stop judging or, you know, you can't redo it. If you've been judging something or someone, you're not going to eliminate it. But you, can, but if you become aware that that's what you're doing, then you can relax about it a little bit and create a little space around it and realize, you know what? I'm making a judgment. Usually there's assumptions involved in judgments. And, um, and then you can choose to respond differently. You can choose to say, you know, I'm making a judgment, but I don't have the whole story. I don't, I don't have all the information exactly. uh, because we rarely ever do really um, if ever. So, well, you know, when yeah, but I just want to bring this ahead. back sure. real quick to this, to, to bring it around to what you were saying about, because the way that you phrased the question to me was you were asking, how do we, um, you were implying, how do we basically change other people? That's not the word you used, but you were saying, how can we behave in such a way so as to almost prevent, like not offend another person or we can't, we don't have any control over how another person perceives us or interprets our, our behavior. We, we, we literally can't, like, that's not up to us. All that we can do is have an intention and act as best we can in accordance with that intention. And we can also observe what our behavior, the effect that our behavior has on, say, other people. And we can notice that certain things might trigger another person or bother another person. And then again, that awareness, it all starts with the awareness. Then we might choose to, to interact with them differently. But ultimately, it's not in our control. We, you know, we can operate from the most loving space and and come with the be most positive intention and do our best to to behave in, in such a way as to try to not upset anyone. And by the way, I don't recommend doing this because <laughs> because you'll be so stifled um that you know, it won't be authentic. Well, and you know, the conversation came up with my older son uh, when he was in this past weekend and uh we were talking about, you know, what words can we use today? What words can't we use today? Um, you know, hmm. it's sometimes I get caught thinking, oh, I shouldn't say this or I shouldn't tell this story. But at this point, I'm going to tell a story that um, happened with my parents. Oh, this was in the 1940s um, because only my older brother was born. So it was sometime between 1941 and 1945. Um, my parents grew up in basically a uh, Caucasian Jewish community. Um, right around their community, there were 
groups of Italians and Polish people, uh, African-Americans. And my mother and father always talked about that when there was an American holiday like 4th of July or Memorial Day, all these communities got along very well. They sort of understood each other's dialect just enough to accept each other. But when it wasn't a holiday, everybody stayed in their own little group. Hmm. Well, in the 1940s, my mother talked about the fact that they used to listen to Amos and Andy on the radio. Now, for those of you who don't know who Amos and Andy are, it was a black family. Okay. And they were funny. Um, that was their intent in the radio show. My mother and father used to listen to them, as did my mother's parents, because they reminded them of their own Jewish family. Hmm. And my mother would say later in years, I never thought of them as black. And yet I've made that same comment about certain friends and I've been told by the African-American community then you didn't see us at all, hmm. which is a sad thing because that's not what I mean by it. I mean, I don't look to, and ask, you know, what is your sexual orientation? You know, where are you from? If we meet and we get along, hey, it doesn't matter to me. But there are certain phrases we can't use anymore, such as, you know, um, well, I didn't yeah, see my black I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you're you're talking really about political correctness and um it's it's a it's a it's a complicated topic because again, we're talking about intention versus effect. And so um I said earlier that all we can do is have an intention and act in accordance with that as best we can. Now, there is a caveat to that, and I, I believe I said something to the effect of um Observing the effect that our however well-intended words, actions, behavior has on others, and then adjusting accordingly, being sensitive to the fact that that certain ways of being might be offensive to other people. And it's a gesture, it's a it's a gesture of sensitivity and compassion and understanding to then behave, you know, behave in a way that respects the other. So this is not always clear cut because again, you might feel I've done nothing wrong. I've only been, you know, um, and yet someone else has been offended. Now this is a different, like this is a different topic from even what I thought we were we were <laughs> we were discussing, and and it's not. I don't think that there's a simple answer other than uh, the importance of dialogue, the importance of listening, and the importance of dialoguing. So if someone has been upset or offended by you. You can then choose to engage with them if you even are aware of that. Like, you know, if, if it's clear to you, like that someone has been uh, offended, let's say, by something you've said or done. And all that you can do is listen to them, hear them out, and then say, thank you for, thank you for explaining to me the effect that I, that my words had on you exactly. or that my behavior had on you. And then make a point. We're not going to be perfect. We're human, but make a point of honoring that as best as best we can, you know. And and so I think that all that all that anyone can expect of another person is 
you know, to, to be treated with respect, well, I expect, but, you know, the best I think that we can expect from others is to be treated with respect and a loving and um, respectful um, intention and, you know, coming from a, a place because I think that we will overlook some clumsiness on the part of another person if we if we know that their heart is in the right place exactly. or if, if we know that they're, you know, but it, we might not know, especially if it's a person we don't know that well. Um, so, you know, this is a very complex subject. It's not something that I am an expert in, I, you know. Um, but and, it's something uh, that we all live with. And that's and that's yeah. why I thought it was important to talk about it. Yeah. Because um, I. And to, I mean, to under, also to understand things like privilege, that's very important. Um, to understand that why something that might feel or seem innocuous to you could be hurtful to another person. Right. Usually that, that has to do with a certain amount of privilege that, let's say, as white people, we enjoy without often even realizing it. Exactly. Yep. You know, so so this is a it's a it's a again, I think it's an ongoing education um, and an ongoing project. And mindfulness is very much a part of it and awareness um, so yeah, but I think it really stems from that kind of golden rule, um, idea of, you know, just basically doing unto others. Now, again, even that can get dicey because some people don't want to be treated the way you would want to be treated. Oh, so, it's so, so, yeah. so the spirit of the golden rule about, you know, essentially, you know, uh, being as kind and respectful and um you know treating others with with a with you know just a certain amount of decency and kindness and respect the way that we would want to be treated with the same kindness decency and respect and the specifics of that are going to maybe vary person to person but that that is the essence of it as far as i can understand sure well you know one of the things i've noticed that during the pandemic i believe more people were willing to initially be more tolerant and then they became more respectful and they became more helpful. Now that we're sort of weeding ourselves out of the pandemic, um, I see people going back to hmm. their previous position. You know, it's a me world. Hmm. Well, to some degree, yeah, you have to take care of yourself first. I get that because if you're not healthy, if you're not aware of what's going on, um, you can not only hurt yourself, but hurt others. So I, you know, yes, it does start with ourselves, but we have to look out for each other. And uh, that was the conversation that we were sort of having with my son at the time that I've just seen, especially in my own community, whereas two years ago, if there was a piece of, you know, garbage sitting out on your on your lawn and we live in a condo, somebody would just pick it up and throw it away. Now, if there's garbage even on their front lawn, they decide when and if they want to pick it up. And I don't know what has happened. And that's the thing that I was asking my son that 
we've taken certain things that we were brought up and learned to do that was so important to us. We got kinder for a while and now it's, I need to survive. And yeah, I, I don't know if it's, if it's as cut and dried as that and straightforward and simple as that. I don't think it is personally. Like I think context is everything. And I think also that, um, you know, multiple things exist at the same time. <laughs> so um, what's, you know, I don't have any experience visiting um, the East, the Far East, like, you know, Asia, uh, but I've heard from people who have spent time in Japan in particular, that there's such a different way of being, such a different, so much, such different cultural norms about this idea of, of what's respectful and what's, you know, um, and that is very tied to culture and place. Um, so what is considered polite in one area, geographically or culturally, might be considered unbelievably offensive in another. So, you know, and that goes not just for different cultures and countries, but certainly within our own very complex, very diverse, um, you know, culture that we you know, under the umbrella of, let's say, America, right? I mean, there's so, so many different environments and places and cultures and norms within this country alone, within even a, a single individual state in this country. Right. Oh, absolutely. Or even bring it down to like neighborhood. <laughs> right? yep. So, so I don't think it's as simple as it used to be one way and now it's another way and then it reverted to that way and now it's, you know what I mean? I, I think that it's an ongoing, um, mixture of things that is always changing I, I think of it almost as like a if you, you remember looking ever look into a kaleidoscope oh yeah where, where everything is just in flux everything is in motion everything is changing uh, I think that that is the nature of this experience that we we call life <laughs> I think that is really like the nature of it the, fun, the fundamental nature of it is that things are constantly in motion constantly in flux they're changing and what do we do we judge those changes getting back to the uh first part of this conversation we judge them we say these changes are good those changes are bad um and uh, and there isn't a consensus by the way <laughs> oh, as to what will be <laughs> no no so you know um so I see it as, and and I think that, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what um, what what if you even asked a question, but um, <laughs> but I, I that that's just my response to what you shared, um, you know, in that um, things are changing and sometimes they and, and and things do not always progress in a in a forward direction as as you know as you absolutely. know absolutely so. I um, yeah, it's and it's it's you know I think that it's an incredibly difficult, challenging thing, uh, being human, and one of the things that makes it that way, one of the many things, is that is our interactions with other humans, uh, getting along with each other. And if you think about it, like let's I'll give you a positive spin on this because there's so much negative. Um, we're overwhelmed with negativity in the media and the news, right? right? And that is a distorted picture. I just, you know, but you, you know, you take in enough of that and you, you start believing that this is just like, this is the way things are like, you know, everybody hates each other. <laughs> um, so uh, I think I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, I did. 
<laughs> well, that happens. You know, but going. Oh, I'm sorry. Back... I'm sorry. I got it. I just no, okay. finished. So, so it was this idea of the difficulty of getting along with each other, and the positive spin I wanted to put on it, as as extreme as it may sound, or silly as it may sound. So we've had, you know, there's some eight billion approximately of us on the planet. And this is not to discount all of the conflict and tragedy and awfulness that goes on. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying that the news disproportionately puts its spotlight on that. And that's what is attention grabbing. And that's what draws eyeballs and that, that, you know, advertisers are looking for. It's a whole thing. <laughs> um, but if you think about it, we have had the ability to basically destroy all human life on earth for the you know what's it been i don't know close to 80 years now or so like we've right. had that we've had the technology and capacity to completely obliterate ourselves from the planet and we haven't done it yet i think that's pretty good <laughs> well you know what i have to agree with you and also if you think about really just like um the amount of interactions that take place on planet earth between humans on a given day on balance, people are getting along with each other well enough that there isn't total chaos and anarchy. Are there problems? Oh, for sure there are problems. Um, but it's a mixture, and that's that's what I, I'm really keep returning to is that it's a mixture and it's an ongoing challenge to um make peace with ourselves during the course of our lifetime. That's not easy. Make peace with life itself and to try to get along and and uh and have constructive relationships with each other because we are fundamentally social creatures and we are inherently interdependent. So we need each other, like it or not. Absolutely. You know, it's quite interesting. And I, that's why sometimes I, I love when you hear the subject one way and you take it because it opens up an even bigger dialogue than I was expecting, but so needed. Um, you know, when you look at what you just said, how many of us are on this planet, how many of us um, through work or, you know, just socializing have been to different cities, towns, states, countries, okay? And um, we've interacted, and most of us have probably interacted positively. Okay, maybe it was expected, you know, maybe it wasn't a joyous positive, but it was positive. Um, and when we think about that, yes, you know, we are wonderful, nice, kind individuals. And I think that's what most of us really are striving for. But again, as you said, when you are bombarded, whether it be on Facebook that all these people are so happy, but, oh, I didn't experience that. And then all of a sudden you feel like, what's yeah, wrong with me? That's a whole other, that's right. a whole other conversation is social but media. Then you right, take but... that. And then, like you said, you take the news and you're watching the news and it's like, you know, floods and. Uh, yeah. Because day to day and... kindnesses and, and, and uh, pleasant interactions between people are not newsworthy. Those things are not considered newsworthy, but they're, they're, they're just as um, real 
as all of the horror that we're subjected to. Exactly. You know, exactly. so um, yeah, so that's why I try to, and it's, 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 by the way, I, I, I understand this intellectually and I've just articulated it to you, but it doesn't mean I'm in, invulnerable to, you know, I mean, I'm just as vulnerable to these and sensitive to um, the fright that is uh, really perpetuated by what the media focuses on and presents to us. And I have my own, you know, I, my own attempts to create boundaries in terms of taking in because I want to stay informed. And there's a point at which information no longer becomes helpful and actually becomes maybe harmful. Right. So it's a really, it's a very tricky thing to navigate. But um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, call me an optimist, call me idealistic, call me whatever you want. You can call me Eric. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but I think that on balance, I think generally, overarchingly, people are we're we're a mixture of things we have some noble impulses we have some awful impulses i mean you know but on balance i think people really do just want peace they want to get along and the thing is is that as different as people are can be from each other in terms of let's say political orientation or cultural background or whatever the fundamental human desires i think are pretty simple and similar People want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be respected. They want to feel that they belong. They want peace and they want fulfillment and a certain amount of free autonomy, you know, like freedom to, to, to have some say over their, their destiny. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like that's pretty. And so, you know, positive social connection, obviously, which is kind of a, you know, already incorporated into that, just like, you know, positive social relationships and, and feeling loved and, and being loved and being able to love, like, that's it. Like that is really what pretty much everybody wants. I'm sure there's some, going to be some exceptions, <laughs> some, some outliers. Uh, but um, that's what most people are, are aiming for. And I think that, you know, we have a lot of challenges collect individually and collectively and um you know all we can do is take it one interaction and one step literally literally and figuratively at a time and um and there are a lot of i think it's also important to acknowledge the positives along with the negatives we shouldn't ignore or shut out or dismiss the negatives or somehow like deny them no uh, but we also should be um, make it a point to observe the positives in ourselves and other people. And also like, you know, so many things are mixed bags. Like, you know, we talked about social media just in fleetingly and in, in brief, you know, and you could talk about, you could speak of technology more broadly and you could, you could easily make a case for it being terrible but it's also amazing and wonderful. So it's both. It is. <laughs> the fact that we're having this conversation uh, and able to do this, though I, I cannot, I like pinch myself every time I do my podcast. I'm just, I'm just astounded at how such a short amount of time in the past, what I'm doing would not have even been possible. But exactly, but we have access now to 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 technology at a, uh, you know, at such a uh, affordable cost 
to be able to, I can interview people literally wherever they are in the world just about, and I do from my own home and that wherever they happen to be, and we can see each other, we can communicate. It's not the same as in person, but my goodness, <laughs> it's pretty astounding that we can have these dialogues and communications. And I can from, I can, you know, uh, do everything from reach out to them, um, initially to, uh, publish the finished edited, uh, podcast in, in video and, and audio formats and distribute them online. And like I do, the whole process can be done from my home right. at very minimal cost. And that's astounding. That is truly, I mean, like I said, I, I am, ne I never cease to be just blown away by that. So um, yeah, it's a mixture. And the challenge I think for all of us is to not ignore the negative, but to uh, see the positive and see the positive potential in things. And, you know, one of the most challenging things is to take difficulties and, and challenges and tragedies even, and to try to fashion them or, you know, make something positive out of them since we, we don't, we wouldn't choose them. But if, you know, I just watched, I know I'm all over the place here, but I just last night watched the, the Michael J. Fox documentary, uh, which is just, just, I've heard out. it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what a story, what a life of highs and lows, but um, the way that he is um, dealing with Parkinson's disease and has been for decades now and the grace with which he's dealing with such an unbelievably brutal, challenging uh, affliction that no one would want, <laughs> no one exactly. would opt to have. And, and to be able to find and he has an incredible support system, obviously, and incredible resources. But um, yeah, just like just to decide to try to to make something positive out of the situation and to maybe help other people who are who are going through it and maybe maybe ease their suffering now and in the future by the foundation that he's set up, by the attention he's brought to the disease, uh, just by the way he chooses to conduct his life. It is I it's really I don't even I. I'm, I just, I don't know what else to say about it other than um, this is the challenge of being human. We each have our own uh, difficulties and challenges that we would never predict often and could never foresee and would never sign up for. And yet here we are. And all that we can do is make the best of our, uh, the, the, the hand that we're dealt to use a, a cliched <laughs> metaphor. And the wonderful part about all this technology um, has really developed the coaching business because you just may feel like you're in a rut, okay? And it doesn't feel medical. It doesn't feel truly psychological. It just feels like I need to know how to take one step to the left. I always go to the right. And when I go to the right, I fall down. I have to get up and I have to keep trying. How do I move to the left? And coaching doesn't tell the individual how to take that step. Coaching will throw out ideas of how do you think you can do it any better? 
how do you want to go to the left rather than to the right? I know the other day um, I'm dealing with a pinched nerve and it's mm. either in my arm or my leg. And um, my son, when my son saw that I was having trouble getting out of a chair, he said, oh, mom, no, just sit down. I'll go get it for you. And I looked at him and I said, no, I can do it. It'll be painful getting up. Once I start moving, I'm basically okay. And I said to him, you know, when I first got this pain, I was told just sit and rest, use ice, use heat. And when I saw after a day or two that wasn't working, I started reaching out to others who have had a similar experience to find out what worked for you, what didn't work for you. And again, there was that communication, you know, and it wasn't about telling me to go see a doctor for something, you know, that maybe would work, wouldn't. It was about the basics, you know. Do you just sit around and wait for this to get better or do you get up and move around? Yeah. Right. And you know what? It was 50-50 split. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell but, you, two of the best words in the English language ever strung together are yeah. whatever works. Yep. And <laughs> that's exact. But I just wanted to hear that what I was going through hmm. really is a very normal thing. Right. And my son looked at me and he goes, Mom, my heart just goes out to you. And I said, it's life. And it will get better. And I know that. And this morning I sent him an email and I said, I woke up this morning and I could walk across the floor and I can lift my arm. I said, I don't know what I did. And he wrote me back and he goes, well, my heart went out to you the other day. And I said, well, that's nice. That means that you love me and I care about that. But we have that ability to look at all different sides of an issue and make the decision that is best for ourselves. And if we yeah. can't do that alone, we can get the guidance, whether it be from a partner, from a coach, from a podcast, whatever it takes, we can make ourselves enjoy our life. And I think that's important because with our belief systems being different, we could sit there and argue with each other day in and day out and nobody would be happy. And there is a lot of happiness in this world. Hmm. And I love when you smile. It's just like, <laughs> ah, the world is. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's very sweet. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, listening to each other is important. I think one of the main benefits of coaching is just to help us see outside of our own circular and limited uh, patterns and, and thinking, and none of us are, are, are immune to that, you know? So, um, yeah. And, and as you say, you can be coached. It doesn't have to be a formal coach. You can be coached by anyone who takes the time to listen and offer help and an attention and maybe another perspective. And, and again, a benefit of technology is that we have access to so much information that we really didn't not so long ago. And we can look up, Hey, what do I do? And I, 
you know, have this problem and, and, and get other, you know, people's experiences and ideas and then, and then try things and see what works for us. Because it's to your point, uh, that, that really is, you know, that's, that is, uh, that, that is the thing that we don't know. We don't really know until we've tried and what helped, what worked for someone else may or may not work for us. And, and that's where experimentation and exploration is so important. And and just one other thought that I have when you describe, you know, you could get up and lift your arm. That I just thought to myself, these are the things that we just we take all of these things for granted until we don't have them or can't do them or yep. you know. Um, so that is just interesting as well, right? Like these the simple things that can bring give us so much joy, like be, being able to walk without pain or get up from a chair without pain. Um, we don't even realize how fortunate we are until <laughs> we can't do that. Well, anyway, it's part of the human condition again. You know, when I was down in Texas taking care of my son, um, his apartment has no elevator and all the apartments um, have like loft ceilings. So I mean, from the first floor up to his floor and the third. So it's, it's a straight stairway up. Um, and I had to walk those stairs two, three times a mm -hmm. day. And I was having a real hard time with my leg, but I figured out how I could do it. I did it. I figured sometimes halfway through this, you know, walk up the steps, I just stood there, took a deep breath and then kept going. Um, and when I mentioned it to another friend of mine, they said, oh my God, Karen, that was horrible. I said, no, it wasn't. I said, I could do it. It's mm. not that. Like I had a broken leg right? and I was making it worse walking up the steps. You just had I, to do it on your terms and, exactly. and respecting the, respecting your body and right. And I said, and that was just so encouraging to me that if I was going to have to have this pain for the rest of my life, um, I could still walk. I could mm. still do things. And I got those beliefs from my parents. I saw what they did. I saw what they muddled through. And, you know, if I said, I can't do it, my father would look at me and he'd say, you can't or you won't. Mm -hmm. And yeah, usually when I thought about it is, well, I won't. And right. he wouldn't accept that. Yeah. And, and, and as adults our our one of our many challenges is to take note of the beliefs that we've inherited and again, sometimes we're not even, it's really hard to even just right. realize that, right? And then choose, does this one still serve me? Is this or not? <laughs> because exactly. some exactly. of those beliefs that we've, are gifts that we've been given. And some of them may be, may have been gifts at a particular stage of life. So it's a constant, you know, reassessment. Does this, does this belief still serve me? Um, Yeah. And then uh, the, the, it's every day is a is an ongoing challenge. Absolutely. For, I'm convinced, by the way, for anyone alive on Earth. <laughs> well, you know what? If you didn't have a challenge, my father used to tell say that it was part of a poem. I believe it was called "Why Worry." And there's a line in it: "Either you live or you die." And I remember we were going on vacation someplace, and we were stuck in traffic. And my older brothers and I, we were in the back seat, of course, complaining. We just wanted to get to where we were. Are we going. there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah. And my father said, "Why are you worrying?" 
And then he recited this poem. Hmm. And again, I always remember that last line, either you live or you die. And it was like, you know what? I want to live. So I'm going to complain less and find, and just go on living. Hmm. So again, this was a great podcast with you. I appreciate it. Um, all the information regarding Eric and his website will be in the show notes. Um, feel free to go listen to his podcast because he has some excellent, excellent guests. Um, it's called The Person You Want to Be. <laughs> and don't we all want to be that person? Um, have a great day and um, happy almost summer. It's beautiful outside. Take care now. Thanks so much, Karen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.